it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. As I step back, I thank you for the spirit of God. Coming into our lives. So the word will be real. It'll be life changing. It'll be sharper than any two-edged sword. So whatever's going on in our lives, it's not bigger than your word. And so I thank you that we're going to receive this word. And the word is going to change our lives as we receive it. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, last week our message title was Making Divine Decisions. And the focus of the sermon was to aid us in making decisions that will position us to experience the abundant life that Jesus died for us to have. And one of the main attributes in making divine decisions is hearing and obeying God's voice. Everybody say hearing and obeying. And one of the biggest questions that always come up uh, to me as a pastor from believers is how do I know when God is speaking to me? So today, if you're taking notes, my message title is Tuning Into God's Voice. Tuning Into God's Voice. And the goal of the lesson today is to teach you how to discern God's voice with full intentions on obeying him. You don't have you don't need to hear the voice of God if you have no intentions on obeying. So if you have your Bibles, find Matthew chapter 16 verse 13, Matthew 16:13, and then Genesis chapter 3 verses 1. Now, I'm not sure how this is going to come out. But I'm going to do my best To let it come out in a way that will inspire you, but also in a way that you can practically use this lesson today. Now, before we begin our lesson, I want to take just a moment for us to do a test together. Okay? So, uh, I need everyone to participate. And so, what you're going to do right now, I need everyone to stand up. Keep your stuff in your hand. Stand up. Everyone stand up. This won't take long, so here's what I'm going to do. In just a second, our media department is going to release a sound. It's going to be a pitch. Once you hear the sound for yourself, then you can sit down. Now, listen, if you don't hear the sound, don't sit down just because you see people sitting down. Okay, because you're going to mess the test up. If you don't hear the sound, you remain standing. If you hear the sound, 
you can have a seat. So, uh, media department, will you go ahead and release the sound? Okay, good. You can stop the sound. Now, those of you who are standing, you can sit down. Now, the sound that was played, whether you heard it or not, was a 17,400 kilohertz sound. It is a high-pitched sound that mosquitoes normally make. And here's the thing. Most of us who are older in age were remain standing. Did you see that? Because in reality, the younger you are, you would hear the sound. It was a real high-pitched sound. And since I have been doing this test, I haven't heard it either. But in reality, the older we get, the duller our hearing gets. But this can also happen to us spiritually as we grow older. The older we get, the spiritual dullness can, can come on us. And that's why Hebrews 5, 8 says this. Though he was a son, talking about Jesus, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Verse 10. Called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Here's verse 11 I don't want you to see. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Now, here is the effect of being dull of hearing. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. You've become such as one who needs milk and not strong meat, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Now, the reason I read that is because in the natural uh, whether we heard the sound or not, a sound was being produced. And here's the thing. God is always speaking, but most of us don't hear him. It doesn't mean he's not speaking just like that sound was being played and most of us didn't hear it. Well, God is speaking all the time. And the unfortunate thing is, as we grow older in the things of God, if we don't watch it, our spiritual ears will become dull. When, when your ears get dull, you say or think things like this, I know that already. I heard that already. Well, I learned that at my church when I was five years old. But see, in Christianity, it's not about how much you know. Because the scripture says knowledge puffs up. But it's about what you do. Amen. And so the word dull in Hebrews 5, I like it because it means slothful, sluggish, and lazy. And when it, watch this, when it comes to hearing God's voice, 
If seasoned believers are not careful, then we will replace God's voice for his presence. Okay, let me explain what I mean. See, as you grow older in the Lord and you know God's voice, if you don't watch it, you will thrive or your Christian uh, everyday life will be based on God's voice. And if you don't watch it, you will allow that to replace his presence. You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean? See, I can talk to you and not be in your presence. I can be behind this wall and we can actually have a conversation. But watch this. You're benefiting from the conversation, but you're not benefiting from my presence. And here's the thing with God. When we get in his presence, then we will hear his voice. But you can hear his voice, but not necessarily be in his presence. And if you are a seasoned believer, if you don't watch it, you will thrive on knowing God's voice, but not necessarily spending the time that you need with him. See, once your spirit man has been born again, your spirit man wants to obey God. That spirit part of you is ready to put action behind what you learn. And that's why consistently hearing the word and not doing it will eventually produce a dullness or the the New Testament calls it deception. In James chapter 1 verse 22 it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. He beholds himself and goes away and then he forgets what manner of man he was. Verse 25 But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, the word, and continues therein, that's fellowship, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a what? A doer of the work. Notice it said a doer of the work, because it takes work to do the word. But this man shall be what? Blessed in his deed. Now see, some of you all are probably wondering why I'm starting the lesson out this way. Well, here's why, because God's voice In order for us to tune in to it, we have to start with a heart that we're going to obey. See, uh, God's voice, every voice has a frequency. And if we don't watch it, we have to start with not wanting to just know the voice. We got to start with, God, I'm going to obey the voice. Can I get an amen? amen? So... I think one of the biggest issues that I've seen when it comes to believers and them believing, you know, that they've heard God's voice is when we want something so bad that we think we heard from God. When in cat, it may be the voice of reason. It might be, you know, a big desire that's, that you want something so bad. Or sometimes we don't realize that driving force of us wanting something may just come from the enemy. Amen. The difference between us hearing from God and us hearing from the enemy can happen in a split second. Remember when Peter Uh, came to Jesus and Jesus asked him, hey, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But in the next breath, Jesus begins to tell him, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, I'm going to suffer some things from the the Pharisees and Sadducees. They're going to kill me and that kind of thing. And if you go and read uh, in verse 22, It says, then Peter took Jesus and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from you, Lord. This is not, this shall not happen to you. And then he turned to Peter. 
and said, get ye behind me, Satan. At one second, Peter had heard from the father. Because Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. But then on the next conversation, he's rebuking Peter for what he said. And see, that's some of us. You can hear the voice of God and then the next moment, be off track. So here's why this is going to be challenging for me this morning. Because I am going to do my best to help you answer the question of how do I know if it's God or me? Because because sometimes, you know, we are pushing towards something that we want and we're convinced that God wants it for us too. And because now we don't have proper checks and balances in our lives, we continue to believe, watch this now, the desire or the lie because we don't, you know, we're under the guise of this is what God wants me to do. Everybody say years ago. Now, I'm about to share a story. Some of you all may know it, but I'm going to give some more details. So before I met Pastor Sar, I was single. And uh, uh, and one day I was outside washing my car. Y'all know this part. I was washing my car. And uh, the, the house that I lived at, was a, a, it was on the corner. So it was the last house on this street. Well, the, the street was a, it was a two-way street at the top, but it was a one-way street at the bottom. So, you know, one day I'm washing my car and two girls ride by in the car and uh, I look up and they wave and I say, hey, how you doing? And, uh, you know, they kept going and the Lord said to me, distraction. I said, well, I, I didn't stop them. So how is it a distraction? So they came back around though. So they stopped this time and we conversated and they lived like, I don't know, a couple of houses up. And so I never knew that because I don't go back up that way. It was one way. So I always came back around like this. So long story short, uh, I, I ended up with this distractions phone number. <laughs> now don't ask me how I got it. It was a distraction. That's why I don't remember. No, but for real, I, you know, uh, she called the next day because back in the day, young people, we had what they call phone books. A phone book is, is a big, big, thick book right here like this that is in alphabetical order. And so she just looked up Miss Johnson, who I live with, like my grandmother. She looked up and uh, got Miss Johnson's phone number and called the house. And so Miss Johnson was like, hey, Evan, phone, uh, you know, phone is for you. And I'm like, who is this? I, I'm, I'm not even from Ohio. And so long story, you know, we started talking. And, and me and this girl went out just a couple of times. Went out to bowl and went out to eat. And, and see, I was the type that I'm not, I don't want to get emotionally connected to you unless I know you're the right one. And so, uh, I, you know, I was going out of town on a, on a business trip. And so I said to her, I said, you know what? Why don't you and I not talk until, we, until I come back? So that way you can pray and see if this is the direction you feel God wants for you. And I can do the same thing. And this is before we all get all tangled up emotionally. And so I went out of town and I prayed. I even fasted a couple of days. And uh, when I... When I came back, I just knew that this, this, this relationship, God wanted me to, to marry this girl. She was a nice girl, good-looking girl, you know. That's all I deal with, a good-looking women, right? <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Hey, 
on the front row right there. Hey, I can, yeah, I'm over my head, but I'm swimming. So, uh, I prayed and I mean, I just felt that this girl was the right one for me. And, uh, man, through fasting and praying. And what was interesting is my pastor, his wife didn't really feel the girl was right for me. But she wasn't marrying her, so what difference did it make? See, because that's the attitude you get when it's all about you. That's why we ain't met nobody that you're dating because you don't want us to meet them. But anyway, come on, y'all stay calm now. Because I'm going somewhere. So, I mean, I am convinced this girl is the right girl for me. I ain't had sex with her or nothing like that. I, uh, I'm just fan. I'm, I, I just felt I believed. And then all of a sudden, I'm praying in the spirit one day about this thing. And uh, what, this is what kept coming up to me. You, you did run well. Who did hinder you? You did run well. Who did hinder you? Now, you have to understand that I used to read the Bible when I was single. That's all I did. I didn't have no time to do nothing else. Didn't have no kids. Didn't have no wife. So what you do? You read the Bible. So I read and read and read. Well, see, I had read this verse before, but I didn't know where it was. So I got me a concordance and I looked it up. And this is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. It said, you did run well, Evan. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Watch this now. This persuasion, this person comes not from him who called you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Watch this. I have confidence in you through the Lord, Evan, that you will be none otherwise minded. The Lord was saying, Evan, I didn't send her. But see, listen, my feelings felt right. My spirit felt right. My mind felt right. But it wasn't right. And see, some of you all are right here right now with what I'm talking about. And you cannot tell if this is me or if it's God. And because you haven't got a loud, no, because God doesn't scream. You haven't gotten that no yet or that loud yes yet. So you have taken it as a green light. The problem is whether you feel something or not, the word should be the guiding point for your life. See, most people who are having these big desires, well, God told me to do this, they don't have one scripture on it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Not thy feelings is a lamp unto my feet. My feelings is a light unto my path. No, 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 no. See, This is how you can know if it's you or if it's God. It needs to be confirmed with his word. See, here's the thing. I'm not talking about a scripture that you pulled out to make it make say what you want it to say. Because how many know you can find a verse in the Bible to say everything? 
No, no. I'm talking about where the process works like this. The written word of God is called the logos. That's the written word. But see, the logos will change from logos to rhema when you read it. See, rhema means the spoken word. So what happens is many people, they don't have the word or a scriptural foundation for what they want to do. Now, there are going to be times where there's nothing in the Bible that says thou shall buy a Honda. That's not in here. Okay, so how do you know when it's when you want a Honda, but there's no Honda in the book? Well, you use common sense and wisdom. Can thou afford the Honda? Can thou make the Honda payments? Okay, because if thou canst, thou shalt not do it. Are you all with me? So, I have two points that I'm not going to get through. I can tell you right now, I'm not going to get through it. Because I'm trying to give you some scriptural foundation along with some personal experience. Because I know what it, what it is like to hear the voice of God. I know what it's like to, to hear something that sounds like his voice, but it's not him. Now go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3. Here's my first point. God still speaks today. Some people think that God doesn't speak. He does speak. Prayer is designed for us to have a two-way relationship with God. It's a two-way communication thing. And that's what prayer is all about. But God still speaks today. And in the New Testament verse, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So if Jesus says his sheep hear his voice, that means Jesus speaks. In Genesis chapter 3, it's a prime example. Most people really don't realize that this text includes the devil talking because the devil talks too so when uh the the woman was talking to the serpent look in verse uh one it said now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman yes has god said who said to the woman the serpent did that means the devil can talk to you too i don't know if you've ever had the devil talk to you but it's real I mean, that's what made me throw coffee on that man. The devil told me, throw coffee on him, Evan. Get him. Get him. I obeyed the devil that day. One time I was in service. You all may remember this. And I was doing the altar call. It was in the second service, though. I was doing the altar call. And while doing the altar call, the the Spirit of God told me that there was somebody in the audience, audience who was planning on committing suicide. So I, I stopped and I began to pray and take authority over the spirit of suicide. And so I did that. I took authority over that spirit as I was praying. And then, you know, and then I stopped and went back into the altar call. And while I'm doing the altar call, the devil says, I'm going to kill them, though. I'm going to kill them. So then I stopped. 
And I didn't ask who it was because I didn't want to embarrass the person. But when the devil tells me that he's going to kill somebody, oh, then I'm just going to embarrass whoever I need to. And I said, who is here? And so one young lady, I mean, she, she just cried. But here's the thing. The devil can talk to you. Just look at your neighbor and say, the devil can talk to you. I mean, if he spoke to Eve, he'll talk to you. So then look at verse, uh, after they ate the fruit, verse 8 says this, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Notice it said, they heard the voice of the Lord thy God. And the Lord, verse 9 says, And the Lord called Adam, notice he called him, that if, if he called Adam, that means he was talking to Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? He says, well, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And he says, who told you you were naked? Now, when God asked Adam, when he says, Adam, where are you? That was not a geographical question. He knew where Adam was. But uh, there is a, a, a drawing with uh, the spirit, soul, and body I want to put up because I want to explain something too. Uh, so those of, okay, so now don't, don't laugh at my writing. Okay, but uh, when when Adam and Eve were in the garden, the Bible says that God made them or created them in his image. Well, John 424 tells us what the image of God is. It says God is spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So God is spirit. Say God is spirit. God is spirit. So when God made Adam, Adam was made in his image. He already had Holy Spirit in him. Because man had not sinned, sin was not even a part of the picture. So Adam was born or created with Holy Spirit. He had a soul, which is his mind, his will, his thoughts and how he feels. And then he had his body. But see, what happened, once they sinned against God, here's the part most people don't understand. Because when I explain this, now you're going to be able to see how God speaks to you. So before we change this, when God needed to talk to Adam, he would talk to Adam's Holy Spirit inside of him. There was nothing to block that. There was no sin. There were no issues. He would talk to Adam. Well... The Bible says that when God told Adam, the day you eat this fruit, the day you eat it, not next week, but the day you eat it, you're going to surely die. That means the day that they ate it, something died in them. They didn't physically die that day. So it couldn't have been a physical death, even though they eventually physically died. He said the day that they ate it, they were going to die. So it couldn't have been their physical man that died. It couldn't have been their soul because they were still living. So the spirit part of them is what died. So give me my next graph. Give me my next graph. Uh, let's see here. All right. They're they going to put it up there. And uh, don't, don't laugh at the next one uh, whenever it comes. Uh, it, it's coming. Okay, I'm going to tell you all what it looks like. What it looks like is, see what there was, say, Holy Spirit? There's a line going through there because now a sin is up there. And now what God has to do, you can, I don't know if y'all finding it back there? Y'all finding it, James? It's the second p- picture. But the second one shows where the Holy Spirit is on the right side. And what he has to do now, he has to speak from the outside in. See, that's why he said, 
Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? He, well, he was talking to Adam's Holy Spirit, but his Holy Spirit wasn't there no more. It was dead. So he was like, Adam, Adam, Adam. So then he, watch this, he had to talk to Adam from the outside, and that's what made Adam scared. He had never heard with his ears the voice of God. He had always heard the voice from the inside. Now he's having to hear the voice from the outside, and he says, oh, I heard your voice, and I was afraid. So now, there we go right there. So now, men are born with a dead spirit. That's why we have to be born again. Why? Because now the Holy Spirit, we have to become born again of it. And so, if you are not saved today, the Holy Spirit's not inside. His goal is to get in. But he can't get in unless you let him in. Now, why am I going through this? Because once the Holy Spirit, when you and I get born again, it puts us really back in the situation that Adam was in. Now the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read Second uh, Corinthians one twenty one. It says, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and he that has anointed us is God. Watch this. Who has also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. So the Holy Spirit as a born again believer is in my heart. And this is why you and I need to keep our hearts clean. Because if our hearts don't stay clean, the spirit of God, when he does speak, we don't hear Are you all with me? I know this is different. I'm kind of going in all kind of directions, but I'm trying to do it where you can get it. Because I think God is ready for his children to grow up and stop blaming what I didn't know. Because mistakes these days are too critical for us to make them. Listen, it's already a 51% divorce rate. Why, why do you want to add to 52 because you don't know? I mean, you would think that if you're going to make the decision for the third time, because I'm talking to somebody right now, you're about to get married or you're looking into it for the third time. What are you doing different this time that you didn't do the last time? Can you at least get a word from God? Do you know that God loves you enough to give you a word? Amen. So, What are some steps that you and I can take to have an open heart when it comes to hearing from God? Because that's where everything takes place in the heart. The Bible says, for with the heart man believes, so we believe with our heart. We forgive with our heart. We trust with our heart. Are you all with me? So we have to keep the heart part of us good. And that's the way that we're going to hear from God. And see, hearing from God is just not... Uh, a head thing because let me explain what how that works too because when you get saved the spirit of god comes on to live inside of you and the holy spirit speaks to your spirit or your heart and your heart then speaks to your mind and that's why it sounds like it's you okay but see this is why your mind has to be renewed with god's word because if your mind's not renewed you'll never know when the spirit of god speaks to it Are you all hearing me? So now, what do we do when things are not in the book, 
but we believe it's something God wants us to do. God, do I take this job? Because it doesn't say thou shalt work at IBM in here. Doesn't say that. So how do I know? Well, number one, you have to ask in order to get. If you really want to know, then the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He will what? Direct your path. So I have to first start by acknowledging God, saying, okay, God, this is what I want to do, or this is what I think, but Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. So whatever you want me to do in this situation, God, I am going to do it. Even if it contradicts what I think should be done. And so now you are yielding. That's why it says, and lean not to thine own understanding. What's happening now is you're not going to lean a lot. You're going to lean not. Because in leaning not, you will get what God wants you to know. But see, some of us lean a lot, we never hear God. And so let me tell you what happened. When we bought our land, the last six acres that we're building on right now, uh, we bought the 14 up front, and the Lord put an impression, say impression. Now, an impression is different from him speaking. An impression is just something that you feel you're supposed to do. You know, like, you know, you feel that you're supposed to buy this person lunch. That's an impression. You know, now if God says, buy that person lunch, you better do that. But, you know, if it's just an impression, it's something you feel you're supposed to do, you know, uh, it's not going to be something crazy. But uh, I had an impression that that six acres was ours too. So I tried to buy it from the family who owned it. They owned 14 acres, and I wanted to just buy the six for our church. Well, they didn't want to just sell us the six. They wanted us to buy everything. Well, the rest of it was no good. That's a waste of money. So I said, no. So we kept trying. I kept trying. I kept trying. It wouldn't happen. So long story short, I let it go uh, for the meantime. And then I get a call from my broker and said, hey, Pastor Connor, uh, there's another church that's getting ready to buy that land. And I'm like, really? I said, well, do you have the pastor's number? He says, yes. So I called the pastor up. I said, hey, uh, so-and-so, Pastor so-and-so, this is Pastor Connor, Word of Truth Family Church. And he says, I know who you are. And I'm thinking, this is not going to be good right here. This is not going to be good. So I said, well, you know, we own the highway frontage to the land that you're looking at buying. But we had already looked at that and we were looking at that, you know, for an extension to our whole campus. And this pastor said, well, it looks like we're going to be neighbors. Inside, I said, the devil is a lie. Now, I didn't get mad. I didn't get upset. But see, now... The impression, I'm saying, okay, Lord, this is what I knew or felt you wanted us to do. Somebody else now have bought it. So God, watch this now. I'm going to let you handle it. I'm going to let you handle it. So I gave it to the Lord. Two years go by, I get a call from the same broker, Pastor Connor, this is so-and-so. I said, yeah. He says, remember that six acres you were trying to buy? Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, that the other church bought? He said, yeah. He said, well, they're behind eight months on their note, and the family wants to know, do you want to buy it? Well, now God is stepping in now. Because in all my ways, I've acknowledged him. It's time for him to direct my path. So I said, of course I do. And uh, we, we talked about it and 
long story short, I wanted them to finance the land just like the front land got financed. I wanted them to do that. Well, we wanted to put like 20% down and, and then they carried a note. But see, uh, I felt this time to pray and ask God what he wanted us to pay for the land. See, the first land, he didn't do that. See, this is why you can't put God in a box. He's not going to answer your prayer every single time the way he did it last time. He's too big for that. You can't put God in this prayer answering box and say he's going to do it this way. No, no, no. God is bigger than that. And so I said, well, Lord, uh, how much would you... Uh, so the, the broker said, well, Pastor Garner, how much you want to offer on the land? I said, well, I don't know. Let me pray about it. And I'll get back with you. He said, well, how much... This was on a Friday. He said, well, how much time do you need? I said, well, it don't take me long to hear from God. Uh, I'll call you back on Monday. Well, over the weekend, the Lord spoke to me, and they were trying to sell the property for $450,000, which, by the way, was still a good price. But uh, the Lord said, Evan, I want you to pay $325,000 for that. I said, what, Lord? That's kind of low, Lord. He said, well, that's what I want you to pay. I said, doggone it. So I didn't call the guy back on Monday because I'm embarrassed. The Lord has got, I mean, that's a lot. How much is that off? 450, 450, $125,000? So, Monday rolled around, I didn't call. Tuesday rolled around, I ain't calling. So finally, he calls me. Pastor Connie, have you heard from God? <laughs> I say, yeah, I, I, I've heard from God. Uh, he told me he wants us to pay $325,000 for the land. All I heard was quiet. I don't know if he fainted or what. He says, Pastor Connor, that's low. He says, it's already a good price. I said, I agree with you. It is already a good price. But God told me 325000 and I can't go past that. So then we started negotiating and they, they just, they, they didn't even consider 325000 And so we just went around, about, around, 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 around. And so finally, you know, we were all on the phone. I said, listen, everybody here is a Christian. I said, this deal is not going to work unless we all obey God. I said, now God told me 325,000. I'm not saying you don't hear from God, but I'm telling you what God told me. So they got upset a little bit because it sounds like the preacher know more about God than them, but I do. (laughs) I mean, I do this for a living. I work for God, okay? So long story that I have to cut short right now. Looks like we're going to have a part two next week. Are y'all getting something though? Listen. They say, well, Pastor Connor, if God told you $325,000, then you got to pay us cash. I wasn't ready for that. I, I, say that again. If you, if God told you, now ain't throwing it back in my face. If God told you that we were going to charge you 325000 then you have to give us cash. Well, how many know we just wrote the check and ran for our life? <laughs> On the front end, I just had an impression. But as I gave it to God, see, so some of y'all don't want to give what y'all got to God. You don't want to give it to him. Well, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Uh, I mean, they saved. 
They love God. What that got to do with you? Come on now. Anybody can be saved. Half the folks that come on Easter love God. The criteria has to be a little bit better than that. Why don't you just say, I'm going to give it to you, God. Listen, and then don't answer your own prayer. When I was contemplating not starting our project because it was a million dollars more than what we got a loan for. Well, I ain't a fool. I'm like, a million dollars more, God? I said, I tell you what, I ain't got no million dollars. So I'm sitting in the meeting watching the contractor and Reggie York talk and stuff, and I done zoned out because a million dollars will make you zone out. I mean, I am zoned out. I am done. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe we can, like, shrink the building, or maybe we can uh, cut down the size, maybe, maybe... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way to, to make this thing work. And while I'm doing that, because remember now, I didn't already given the thing over to the Lord. He said he was going to plant us in a place of our own and move no more. How many know that, that that promise ain't changed? That promise ain't got nothing to do with how much money you do or don't have. Because God will give you more on your way than he had before you started. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Not the step. you taking one step and waiting for God to show up. Maybe you need to take another one. So I'm sitting there and a friend of mine texts me and says, Man of God, soul brother, that's what he says. Soul brother, I just looked at your virtual tour of your new building. He says, boy, that has your signature all over it. And the Lord said, don't mess with my building. I said, well, Lord, I don't know where we going to get this million dollar from. But I'm co-laborers together with him. What's my point today? Some of you, you're, you're, you're making, getting ready to make some big, big, big decisions. If you don't have peace, don't do it. I'll close with this story right here. This came from one of our members. Good morning, Pastor Evan. I wanted to share some news that, come, that came from your message last Sunday and probably this Sunday. Making divine decisions and hearing from God. You know, I wanted to build a pool for my new home. I prayed and was at peace about it. A few weeks before signing the contract, I wasn't feeling at peace about building one. It was God telling me to wait. Of course, I thought, it that can't be God. Because they had peace on the front end. It says, why would he have me wait after finding this contractor? Well, I did something you said this weekend that we should not do. And that is go to our friends. So I went to my friends, and of course, they were like, you should do that. Girl, get your pool. So I did. Well, long story short, I started this process in November and have given the contractor $37,000, and he has confessed to using my money to finish another job and can't finish my pool till he gets some more business. Now I know why I wasn't feeling that at peace again I'm reminded to never make decisions without peace that only comes from God so even when you don't know God's perfect will don't move without the peace of God every head bowed and every eye closed
Father, in Jesus' name, your word says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known unto you. And then your word says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Father, I declare peace over your, your church right now. Those who are in the midst of making big decisions, if they don't know exactly what to do, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will give them peace to be still. Peace to wait on you. Peace to let you work it out. Peace to let you sort things through. And I thank you, Lord, that whatever big decisions that are in the balance, they'll be made with wisdom and with spiritual insight from you. In Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, every eye closed. If you die today.